alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to today's Ask the Sheikh program. Uh, we're on from Monday to Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. And on Fridays to Sundays is our Urdu version of the same show. Um, so do tune in to Radio Ramadan 365 uh, to hear the show. Um, today we have Brother uh, Shokit with us. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ustad Shokit is born and bred in Glasgow. After secondary school, he went to study Arabic and Islamic studies in the University of Medina. And he went to study Islamic law in France. And after returning, he lectured in Arabic at the University of Glasgow and also became a Muslim chaplain to the university. Uh, so he currently works in a number of different projects, mainly in youth work um, and also in the Hajj and Umrah sector with Al Huda Travels. Uh, he's married with three daughters. Uh, Stad Shokit, first of all, you're you're working in youth work at the moment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. you were also working uh, with some young offenders at one point as well. Mm-hmm. Are you are you mm-hmm. still doing mm-hmm. that? Um I'm not I'm not working in that job per se at the moment. Um however with the um the, the, the previous job with young offenders, um I'm still engaging with some of the young people who I used to work with. Um, so to speak, um, because as you know, the challenges with young people, it's not one challenge, it's not something you know you fix and you move on, it's reoccurring many issues for young people. Um, and hopefully some of those issues we'll talk about in more detail, but it's one of those things where sometimes I think, you know, when we talk about support, not just young people, but people in general, you know, support is long-term, it's not a short-term solution to to resolving people's problems because problems always occur over and over again at different stages in life be that in youth or you know or later in later in age mm-hmm. uh, later in life sorry um but however uh, as i said it's something that uh, i still do in terms of engaging with young people at uh, um in, in, in prisons and beyond okay so we're talking about youth um on this show today we're talking about so younger young adults basically so people that are going into adulthood and any kind of uh, issues and problems that they might face in society and i think these kind of problems are um throughout the uk not just in glasgow uh, but also all all major cities um so let's talk about first of all in terms of the islamic point of view now there's a hadith uh, of the prophet if i remember correctly where the prophet said that the first thing uh, that on the day of judgment that a person will be asked is five questions uh, one of them is how did he spend his life but one of them is how did he spend his youth how did he utilize mm-hmm. his time um, so mm-hmm. if you can start us off by telling us how important it is for people at that age to um, keep an eye on themselves and to you know not only practice their deen but try and overcome the kind of problems that they might have yeah. Sure, I mean, that's quite a big question, but anyway, we'll try, <laughs> try to do it as best we can. I wish I had the answer to all those questions that we wouldn't be sitting here, but, um, but no, subhanAllah, I think um, you're right in terms of, obviously, it's very important to understand that um, in, a, in a younger age, um, uh, particularly youth age, I mean, that's the age that, for example, you're, you're developing, you're, you're growing, um, you're maturing, um, you know, you're becoming strong physically and mentally, you're developing in so many different ways. And that is always a challenge regardless. And another saying the Prophet, peace be upon him, is about um, that, that youth is a degree of madness. You know, we talk about delinquents, we talk about, you know, um, do I use a Glasgow term, but Ned, you know, <laughs> that sort of, you know, young people who just kind of do their own thing, whatever it is, let's do it, let's do this. They don't think about, um, consequences they might not think about um, outcomes as much as being a responsible adult would <clears throat> so for example you and I if we were to do something the first thing we think right what's the outcome of that what's going to come out the other end whereas young people will not 
don't have that balance, so to speak, at that young age. Yep. So I think that's the, the challenge there in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, so as, as, as you referred to that saying, saying the prophet peace on about one of the things you'll be asked about is youth because that is the age that it really counts in terms of development for yourself and for later, later in life as well. Mm-hmm. And if you are at that age and you develop in a positive way, in a good way, then inshallah, that would affect the rest of your life in different ways. Um, be that relationship with your family, with your wife, be that relationship with others, be that, mm-hmm. um, you know, your outlook in life in terms of career, work, that kind of thing as well. Um, because in youth, as you know, one of the things about it is that, um, as I said, it's like, and we, 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 we were probably in that situation as well where, you know, we don't really listen to our elders. We think we know it all at that age as well. Um, and that's the thing about, again, that kind of degree of madness in there. Um, but for us, for, for young people, it's kind of to understand that they don't know everything, that they're, they're still developing. You know, the parents have been working in this earth longer than they have, you know. <laughs> so they've got that wee bit more experience. So when they say to you, don't do this or try this or do this, you know, they're doing out of experience, out of love. Um, and, and so many different ways to protect you, to make sure you do make the right choice. Um, but again, it's that thing where young people tend to say, I know what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, one of the other things of the Prophet, peace upon him, that I like about the young person as well is, um, is uh, uh, you know, on the Day of Judgment, there'll be five people who receive the shade of Allah and one is a youth whose heart is connected to the masjid, to the mosque. Mm-hmm. In fact, the hadith says his heart hangs in the masjid. In the sense that he's close to the house of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, being close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in every way possible, not just ment- not just physically, but also mentally as well. Um, that you understand that even at that age, because as you know that when you're coming to youth as well, Islamically you become responsible for your actions as well. You're barik, you're mature now. You've hit puberty, so now you are responsible for your actions. So, for example, right now we're into the month of Ramadan. You're responsible for fasting or not fasting. It's not no longer your parents' thing. It's no longer, you know, um, it's them or, you know, it's you. You're accountable for your actions now. Your five daily prayers, you're responsible for that. Um, you know, if your you know, pains are cut at a young age, fine. You're responsible for that. But you get what I'm saying. You, you are now at that age where you are responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, sometimes young people tend not to see that. Um, and I think that's not just the young people's fault, that's our fault because we sometimes don't give them that responsibility and that onus to say to them, look, this is you, this is your responsibility now, it's no longer mine's. Um, because sometimes as parents, we kind of, um, you know, we pamper them too much. Um, uh, even at a youth age, you know, it's still my little boy or my little girl or my little baby. You know, it's that kind of mentality that we have. And that's sometimes um, counterproductive to... Yeah developing the young person if you get what I'm saying so mm-hmm. as I said it's a, it's a wide question but there's so many issues within it that we can look at in terms of as I said the young person um, the influence they have from outside mm-hmm. and also the influence of friends and colleagues and as you know from the saying of the prophet peace upon him seek good company you know always seek company that's good because you know if you're in that company especially in young age you know we were at school and stuff like that and you know there was you know that group and there was that group which group were you going to go with? You understand? You know what I mean? You know which group where it was. I was always in that group, who, Huh? I was always in that group. <laughs> you were in that group. You know, it's, all, it's, that, it's that group, you know what I mean, who were doing not so good things, um, you know, 
back in the days it was like smoking, all these kind of things and, and you know, being very verbal and, you know, very using very colourful language and that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, then you had the, the other group who were a bit more decent. Yeah, you had, you know, there were youth, you're young people, you tend to do things that you're not supposed to do. But yeah. at least they were better than the other groups. So you've got to kind of look at that. So as are well. you saying that in terms of... So are you saying in terms of a company then, of course, company is a major factor. Absolutely. Um, but I'm thinking more in terms of mm-hmm. uh, growing up. When we were growing up, there was a generation gap, I think, between parents and kids. Do you still think yeah. there is a generation gap? Though? The generation gap, that's, that's another issue in itself, in the sense that, um, yeah, the connecting with the older generation um, is, is, is still lacking, even until today as well, I believe. And that obviously when, you know, that whole idea of being with older people, sitting with older people, and what it is doing that is lots of different things that you learn, and it's again to do with your personal development. You know, for example, your character. First of all, you're taught as a young age to do what to respect your elders. So once you're in the company of older people, it's understanding. I need to speak when I'm told to speak, or speak when I should only need to speak, rather than yeah. just kind of blabbing things out for the sake of blabbing it out. Mm-hmm. And when I speak to them, you know that whole thing in Urdu, how we say ab and dosi, you don't say, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know that kind of, these are little things, but these are very important little things for your development as you're growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And then, well, for example, you're serving them, you're the one that should get up, being, being the youngest in the house or whatever, to pour the tea or, you know, again, you might think these are, these are just formal things. They're not just formal, but these are developmental things in terms of your character. And these are the things that will take you on to, uh, on to things later on in life. So you understand respect, you understand um, honour, you understand, you know, that, you know, elderly looking after them so that, God forbid, you know, when you get an older age and your parents get to that age, you know how to look after them, you know how to respect, you show them that respect as well. Um, so the, the, the uh, sort of generational thing is, is still unfortunately here. And, and I think for that, I think we need to really encourage young people to be in the presence of, yeah, being their peers, there's no doubt about it, but being people who are over and above that. Um, I was just reading, reading, reading a, a quote there by some former president. You know, every day you should do something that, that you feel uncomfortable doing, meaning challenge yourself every single day. And these are the things that we should do sometimes, you know, go out there and sit with elderly people, even if it means you don't want to say much, but just be with them. You know, I know sometimes it's a bit awkward and a bit, difficult because you're probably thinking well, how do, would I talk to them about? I can't talk to them about Fortnite you know I can't talk to them about <laughs> Facebook or Instagram or you know that kind of stuff but find something that you can do, you can talk to them about you know and, well, and, it's and interesting, do that uh, you've got grandparents at home you know do that yeah. at home and you can do that yeah no no we have uh, Ustad Shokit on the program today and we're talking about uh, the youth and especially Muslim youth and the problems and challenges that they might face and something that you've said there uh, with the Shokit you've talked about uh, the fact that they do have a much um, greater kind of online presence. Uh, mm. Do you think being online, uh, that kind of social media pressure, um, constant? I mean, genuinely, any time you walk down the street and you see a teenager, um, you see them with their phone and they're constantly... Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, and you, would you say that that's detrimental to um, just to themselves and to society as a whole? I mean, is that playing? I mean, a huge part? obviously, as, 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 as a society, I mean, technology develops in many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were growing up, you know, for us, it was like, um, you know, video games, you know, very yeah. slow, very, very, you know, very old video games and things like that. And they used to take up our time. 
mm-hmm. or it was the TV they used to sit in front of. And you know yourself, many times your mum told you, get up, you know, get away yeah. from that TV and do <laughs> yeah. something or X, you know, every generation has its challenges. Every generation, obviously, will see its challenges. Today, it's mobile phones. Tomorrow, we don't know what it would be in terms of technology and development. It mm-hmm. could be anything else after that. Um, but the thing is, what what really counts is how how we lead by example as parents and other peers around about them. Again, if you're in a company of people who are 24/7 in their phones and you know head down, or they've got you know for example, I remember we went to a, a, a youth camp uh, we were back as well, and you know the majority of young people the first thing when they came from breakfast down to the dining hall, you know. 60-70% of them had headphones on. First thing in the morning, they've barely woken up, they're still rubbing their eyes, they've That's got right. these headphones in them, they've got the phones with them, and I'm thinking, really? Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And yeah. you know, I can only imagine what they're listening, you can imagine what they're probably listening to as well, right? Yeah. 50 cent in two pack and God knows what, first thing in the morning, you know, it's like, let your brain mellow, let, 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 it, <laughs> let yeah. it grow, let it be, you know what I mean? Give it space, give it time to kind of wake up as well, but straight yeah. in there, and, and, you know, you see things like that and that, that kind of worries you. But again, you know, you've got to think, you know, what's, what's the alternative to that? What's, what's something that I can give them which will occupy their mind in different ways? And that's sometimes, we, you know, as, 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 a, as a community, as a society, as a people, we're kind of challenged with to find alternatives. Yeah. And usually, unfortunately, with alternatives as well, um, into technology, it's, it's about time money, development, and that kind of thing as well. And, and, and that's a whole different spectrum. That's a whole yeah, different area in itself in regards to that. But again, you know, it is detrimental to a certain degree, but it's kind of leading by example and teaching them that, you know, what are the consequences of too much this or too much that? Because right. everything, too much of anything is not good for you. Now, when you come, when you speak about parenting and you talk about um, people who are raising uh, children who are in their teens and going into adulthood, uh, the kind of problems that you must have seen as uh, being a chaplain yourself, uh, whether a university or even with young offenders. I mean, why is it that we feel that sometimes Muslim children are not as susceptible to these kind of things? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, you can see for clearly that that's not true. I think we're just uh, the product of the society in which we live in. So are Muslim youth seeing the same kind of problems that everyone else is seeing? Uh, yes, um, at a different level and a different pace, if you get what I'm saying. What I mean by that, mm-hmm. for example, is um, naturally we're in, we're in the society. And so naturally we're going to, um, you know, develop or we're going to, you know, br- you know, bring on things that are already in society that are within the society. Um, so, for example, if you look at um, um, the aspect of socialising, um, you know, we're, we're social people, no doubt about it. We like to be in good company. We like to be in company of other people. Now, that again, that goes back to what we were saying earlier on about finding good company. Seeking good company is very important. But hey ho, we live in a society where that's sometimes quite difficult to do. Um, mm-hmm. So we can be easily led into other groups and other things that people do. And people tend to do, as I said, what the status quo is, particularly with young people, because a lot of times young people. One of the things sometimes they lack is having confidence, self-confidence. And what that does, that means I don't want to stand out. I want to be like everybody else. So if everyone else is doing that, then I'm just going to mix with that. Because if I stand out, people are going to say, hey, look at him or look at her. 
But again, you've got to develop that in young people that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a good trait to have, that if you stand out and don't be like the rest, and that, yeah, you might fail, you might fall, but you know you can pick yourself back up and there's people there who can. So, as I said, so people pick up traits of, of the culture and society that we're living in. So, for example, right now, um, you know, people go to clubs, you know, clubs and bars when it comes to socialising, as I said, as in the general community. Mm-hmm. But then, for example, for our youth, they know that going to a bar or club may not be right because alcohol, blah, blah, blah. But what they'll find is another alternative, which is shisha bars, for example. So they'll enjoy being in that kind of company, but in a different environment, which they think is appropriate. Um, but even at that, you know, yourself, that's, that's an issue in itself. You know, when you talk about shisha bars and, 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 and association, associating with other people and mixing and this kind of thing. Um, so, but for them, that's what they see. That's all that they see. They see that's as being fine. Um, and, and sometimes I understand where they're coming from because they want that. You can see they want that social interaction as well. So again, it's that thing of where can we provide an alternative even to the bars, to the shisha bars, to this, that and other that we can give to our young people. And that's where as a community, we need to sit down and think about that. You know, what are we really doing for our young people? Because sometimes I think, you know, and again, I'll probably repeat this, but we slam our youth too much. Mm-hmm. We slam them down, but we don't give them anything. Yeah. And it's like, don't do that, but sit down in the corner. Mm-hmm. No, they're not going to sit in the corner. They're youth, they're young people. They want to get out. They want to do things. Yeah. They want to meet. They want to do these things. But we can't tell them to sit in the corner and do nothing. That's not going to happen. Now, Stat Shocket, you mentioned uh, that there are a lot of people that are, you know, they're constantly online and they're listening to, you know, whoever they're listening to and different and you showed your age, by the way, by mentioning Tupac. But whatever they're oh, no, listening okay. to, <laughs> however they're listening to, do you think there's a serious lack of role models when it comes to when it comes to Muslims? Um, I mean, I know, for example, uh, when we were growing up, we had we always turned to like, for example, the Afro-American culture, uh, mm. rap, you know, rap artists mm. and, uh, mm. and hip hop and stuff like that. But then nowadays, do you still think there's a gap? There's uh, not enough role models. And how can, how can we create or find more good Muslim role models? Uh, yes, I think we're still, we're still in that thingy idea whereby, you know, it's like, um, let's, let's, let's follow, you know, again, someone who's got hundreds of followers. You know, he's got millions of followers, must be worth following. She's got millions of followers, she must be worth following. You know, and it's sometimes, you know, we just follow like sheep. We just follow without without even thinking, you know, that kind of blind following. And that, again, with young people, again, looking at young people is where they feel comfort. That, if, you know, my friends and everyone else is following that person. Maybe it's the right thing for me to do as well. Um, and, 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 yeah, we look at role models at different points. I mean, we look at role models, for example, as you said, celebrities, be that in cultural, be that in music, be that in art, be that in television, cinema, yeah. um, you know, whatever it may be, we, we will, we will uh, you know, look at that. But in re- realistically, in day-to-day life, we have role models within our lives as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I do this, we exercise with young people where I say to them, yeah, give me a role model that you see out there that you see as positive. So they'll give me like, um, I don't know, Tupac, <laughs> Nelson Mandela, that kind of stuff. Right. You know, they'll give me some really important... But then I say to them, what about in your community? There must be someone in your community that you can say that he or she is my role model or I would like to be like so-and-so. You know what I mean? It's that kind of idea. 
So I think there, in terms of young people, they can't, they, they, and they do have, they might not be open and honest and, and thinking about it, but I guarantee you they will have someone who they look up to in their community, maybe a teacher, it might be, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of one of the teachers from my service. I might be any, you know, it might be somebody who's who, who they really look up to. Yeah, but what's cool. stopping them from actually following that, following that example? Mm-hmm. Um, because it might not be mainstream. It might be found that it's a bit too, you know, traditional, a bit too religious. You know, people start calling me names, this, that, and the other. So again, it goes back to that whole idea of self confidence for young people that that really needs to be built in, built in there. Because you you know a simple example I always use is that for example you you know yourself is like you know you know you ask young people how are you today and what's the answer I'm alright you know it's all like right. then you know what I mean it's like you're not saying I'm good yeah I had a good day blah 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 they leave, you know they just kill the conversation so um, right. what, what do you think of this I don't know what do you think of that I don't know you know it's that kind of thing as well and that goes to show you you know we're not developing our young people to get them to understand and think. And comprehend and, and, and process thoughts, you know, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Um, or be imaginative or be creative in some ways. That's mm-hmm. a big lack in our community as well. But again, that's another debate. Okay, we're talking to Stad Shocket today and we're talking about Muslim youth and the problems that they may face. And we're going to hopefully look at some solutions as well. If you want to get in touch with any of our shiokh or any questions or queries that you might want to pose to any of them in the upcoming shows, if you can get in touch with us through Facebook or you can tweet us or you can email us and just email us and we'll collate the questions together and then pose them at the first opportunity. So we've been talking basically about uh, the problems that young Muslims face, um, especially in, in the UK. But again, we're not um, distinct to all the other problems that we see in society no. as well. And now, Brother Shoka, you know, your time that you've worked with uh, youth, I mean, mashallah, you've been working with youth for many years. Um, have you seen, have you seen the problems? Youth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you seen the problems worsen or do you think things are getting better, essentially? See, I don't, I don't think so. There's not a case that's get, getting worse in terms of, um, I, I wouldn't say getting worse. I just think nowadays, I think things have become more, more apparent, more more clearer in terms of the seriousness of what, you know, as I said, as you kind of said, I've been involved for a long time and I've been battling as a drum for a long time as well, that we should really invest in young people. Um, you know, we love to invest in, in mosques, um, and don't get me wrong, it's a good thing, and again, in charities, which is a good thing as well, but we really, really need to invest in our young people. That's where, you know, some of the time, effort and finance really, really needs to go into. Because if you want to set the future, if you want to, you know, set the future for our society, our people in this community, then you really need to put the money where it really counts. And it does count there. You know, I give yep. the examples where as that um, I was in, um, you know, I was fortunate to travel to, to New York a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of you know Imam Siraj Bahaj from New York, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And um, his mush is famously known as Mashid Taqwa. And I'm sure a lot of people know about this masjid and are aware of this masjid. Now, we, I went to visit this. I mean, I thought it was in New York. But that's one thing I've got to do is visit Masjid al-Taqwa and visit Imam Siraj. Right. So myself and some of those guys, we went to Masjid al-Taqwa. I'm hoping that Imam Siraj was there, but he wasn't there, unfortunately. Probably traveling, touring, doing some lectures somewhere else. But what fascinated me as well was that... Um, is that if you go, to, you know, we're thinking of Masjid Taqwa, you hear so much about it. You know, this is Imam Siraj's mosque, this is this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah. We went there, it was such a simple masjid. 
you know, it was literally very simple, clean, very nice, lovely, clean masjid, very beautiful, nothing elaborate about it, you know, four walls, carpet, mahrab, member, congregation, people were there. And I'm thinking, all this money, where is it all going? Because I'm sure he gets quite a bit of money for some of this. Mm -hmm. But what, you know, speaking to some of the staff, and it's the staff that he was being invested, people were being invested, uh, in, in the money was being invested into people, rather right. than a big fancy chandelier, or this, that, and the other. You get what I'm saying? Because the people are the front line, the people are the people who are going to do something in that masjid, do something in that community. And that's what makes that community in Brooklyn, particularly the community around the Siraj, so amazing, is that because they do that. And that's where we have to pick up and we'll understand if we want to develop our young people, help people in society generally, particularly marginalised, as you know, youth, I think, are to, to a degree marginalised, but there's people who are much more marginalised than that, that we need to develop people, we need to put money into people so they yep. can help other people and support people, and young people particularly, because we were always screaming, oh, my son, my son, my son, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. I get phone calls, as you know, as well. And I get phone calls every other week from parents crying their eyes out that my son's here or my daughter's here. What do yeah. I do? And it's like, you know, you empathize with them, you sympathize with them, no doubt about it. But the thing is, the development, early stage development is where it counts. When okay. they were growing up, what did mm -hmm. we do as a as community? And how did we support mom and dad who were facing that? that situation or that difficulty yeah. and again the other thing we should do sorry it's about to kind of carry on but no, the other no, thing on. we should do as well is create more awareness talk more about it talk about the serious mutual issues that we've got of drugs mm -hmm. and alcohol you know um free mixing all these kind of problems and understand what the consequences are and drill that home to people as well that you know something people turn a blind eye and i know parents who have turned a blind eye to certain actions that the kids have done because mm -hmm. it's my son or daughter, that's consequential. You cannot, you cannot turn a blind eye. You need mm -hmm. to stand up and fix that and call it out as it is. Call a spade a spade. You know, don't, yeah, yeah. don't butter it up. You know, when I was working in in, in 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 young offenders, you know, I know some of the challenges that parents had. You know, that was you know when a young person went into prison, mm -hmm. especially with the, the sort of BME background, that was such a taboo thing. Such a taboo thing. Mm -hmm. And I knew how difficult that would be for parents. And I always speak to young people. I goes, look, you're in prison here. Your mum and dad are in prison at home. Mm. They're, they're like doing that, doing, doing you know, a, a doing the time there, home. yeah. yeah doing yeah. the time in their own way. Because what are they saying to their community about their son? Mm -hmm. And then I speak to mum and dad and I'm saying to them, what are you saying? You know, what are you saying? You've got to call it as it is. Your son has committed something that he shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. But when he comes home, how are you going to deal with that? And that's when we support parents to say, look, this is what you should do, or this is how you should engage, or this is how you speak. You should speak to them. Um, mm -hmm. But again, time, effort, money, that's where that that's happens. Where it, that's where it takes. Just, yeah. Okay, excellent. On the Ask the Sheikh, today, uh, Sheikh program today, we're talking to Ustad Shoka about youth and about problems and issues that they seem to be facing in society. One of the things that you talked about is uh, from the parenting side of things, and I wanted to mm -hmm. ask you a bit more about that. So what, what kind of advice do you give to people who uh, maybe come to you? You said that people phone you uh, and say and ask about their children and, and, you know, and yeah. ask your advice. I mean, to try and stop these problems developing in the first place, what kind of advice would you give to people who have maybe younger children at the moment, maybe in, uh, in their early teenage years? Um, and what I mean, kind of... Yeah, what, what can they do? I mean, what, what, one, one of the examples and one of the things I've stuck by 
um, kind of with my kids as well. Um, I've got quite a range of kids. <laughs> my oldest is 19, then going down to a five, six-year-old. So it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit of an age gap. But however, <laughs> it's that thing. I mean, uh, and and I think it truly works as well. Is is the example of uh, Imam Ali, radiallahu anhu, says, who said mm-hmm. seven, seven, seven. You know, the seven first seven years of their life is about you know caring for them, nurturing them, loving them. You know, knowing, creating that fantastic bond as we do with our children. Then the next seven years, when they're going in from seven to up to about 14, you know, start disciplining them. Um, but when I mean discipline them as well, it's not keep beating them up and, you know, thrashing them or anything <laughs> like that at all. Far from it, you know. It's mm-hmm. a case of whereby when we talk about discipline and understanding, getting them understand that, again, that whole thing about consequences. Mm-hmm. That if, you do the, if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, this will happen. Um, or if you say this to your sister, she will get hurt by you saying this or whatever else. So it's a case of whereby getting them to understand that. And then the third seven years, and this is, the, this is probably the bit where it comes to youth work, is that do what? Is befriend them. Become their pal. Why? Because you know at that age, the most important thing to young people are their pals, are their yep. friends. They will listen to their friends over their parents, as we did probably as well. Yeah, if we yeah. grew up, you know, if your pal said something, it was written in gold. <laughs> Whereas if your parents said something, it was like, ah, oh, just mom and dad. You know, it's yeah, that yeah. kind of, we just brush that aside. So you can see why that is, and that's why you become a friend. So mm-hmm. you share some of the responses, not share some of them, but say, for example, you've come home from work and you've had a really bad day. Share that with your young, you know, young son or daughter, you know, to let them understand my dad's going through a bad day, you know what I mean? Maybe they all turn around and say, you know, think about how to cheer my dad up. Or, for example, that, you know, we're going to paint the fence today. What colour do you think we should paint? You know, get them involved in responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Get them involved in tasks and duties. I mean, don't overwhelm them. Don't give them everything and say, like, here, it's your your responsibility now. No, develop that stage by stage by stage. So that that way they know they're getting involved in the, the, you know, in the bigger picture of things, because they don't want to be kept in the background. They're no longer, you know, as I said, we still have that in our mind. They're my little baby. They're my little charm. Mm-hmm. They're my little darling, my little mm-hmm. sweetheart. You know, they're no longer, you, not that I'm saying they're no longer, they still are. But <laughs> yeah. again, so in terms of, you know, you don't, you know, they, they, are, they are developed. They're young adults. Mm-hmm. They're almost like adults, you know what I mean? So that's really important. So treat them like adults, you know, tell them off like an adult would to another yeah. adult, you know, in a very nice, respectful way. Um, you know, talk to them as you would talk to your friends as well. And mm-hmm. that way, as I said, they will appreciate it. And then you're talking about that interaction with older people. They're developing that with you because you're right. defending them in that kind of way. Okay, we're talking to Stat Shocket again about uh, the youth and about developing children, especially going into adulthood. One of the questions that uh, was asked by one of the listeners was about how do you get, uh, how do you set your children down and speak to them about um, going through to puberty and to and growing up in terms of changes <laughs> in their body and stuff. Now, one of the he, the person is asking the question is saying that he feels uh, almost he doesn't have that connection with his kids mm, mm-hmm. and he's unable to kind of uh, have that talk with his with his yep. son especially. So, what kind of advice would you advise advise people to seek someone else who's maybe uh, in the family? Yeah, or, yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would maybe if you can't do it, definitely get some third party, someone else to kind of do that. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, 
because they really do need to know. I mean, for example, again, you know, we uh, through a regular circle that does that I do with boys as well, and they get to that age, and we have what are called the talk, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. So coming into manhood, you know, coming into coming into you know puberty and that kind of thing, maturity and that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know you know parents, you know your mum and dad in a million years are never going to speak to you about it. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Someone right. needs to bite the bullet and do it. So usually so, I do. <laughs> so, brother, brother Shocker is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but but you know yourself. Otherwise, if no one does it, what happens? Where do they get that information from? It's from the playground. It's from you know the internet. It's from other places. So all mm-hmm. that information that they will get at a crucial age in life, a crucial stage in life, yeah. is all mishmash. Exactly. And it's all over the place. So what right. you want to give them is something at least that's you know comprehensible, co- comprehensible, and yeah. at the same time it's all something that's actually means something. You know what I mean? It's not uh-huh. made up. It's not fake. You know, for example, I don't know if you get to a certain age, this grows or that happens or this will happen. You know, it's like no, these things won't happen. Certain yeah. things will happen. Yeah, I know that about it. Physical change, a mental yeah. change. You know, a change in so many different ways that will happen but again it's a case of whereby you need to get that correct information and that that means going to a third party by yeah. all means you know i mean do that it's not so there's that, there might be a lot of parents listening in thinking right how do i get in touch with brother shocket then no 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 <laughs> no i yeah. mean for example like i mean don't know you know get mm. a, an uncle or an older friend or someone else just mm. to kind of talk about it or you know, someone responsible, know. but you're Some, saying you mentioned uh, you mentioned these uh, youth circles. Now you were doing the youth circles, and uh, during this time of lockdown, have you moved them online? Is is that something? Yes, they are, which... they are, they are online. In fact, they are online. So um, I, I do one every Wednesday, Wednesday evening sort of thing. Um, it's about seven thirty UK time. Um, but yeah, not is this and, on and Facebook was, or how? This how is, is on it? Facebook, Facebook Live. Yeah. Facebook so if they Live. were to just uh, just to Google your name, they'd find they'd find it. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Or YC fifteen twenty one, um, which which basically is the age that I work with is fifteen to twenty one year olds. Okay. Um, yeah. Because again, I think that's quite a really challenging age for for young men and get women as well. So, um, you know, it's it's, it's a developmental age to say the yeah. least. Um, but again, I mean, I think, I think, uh, like you're saying, it's that uh, you know, them having that right information is really important, especially mm-hmm. that crucial age, and that really okay. has to be passed on by someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. You're listening on Radio Ramadan 365 to the Ask the Sheikh program. We have Ustad Shaka with us today, and he was talking about the youth and talking about problems and uh, any potential solutions. So let's talk about solutions. Then we've, we've mentioned mm-hmm. a few things. Uh, one of the things is access to Islamic education. Now, we mentioned mosques very briefly, and we said mm-hmm. that there is a need for, uh, of course, more kind of youth activities and more money to be put in towards um, trying to develop that kind of age group as well, and not just um, building more mosques and stuff, but actually utilizing them. So mm-hmm. in terms of Islamic education, if, if I'm listening to the show and I'm a parent of, of a child that is in that age group, um, mm-hmm. And I would say the later, later teenage years. What what is there that's available for them in terms of Islamic education? How can they access that? I think um, with Islamic education, thankfully, I think we're in a time where there is there is more available than what it used to mean. When we grew up, you know yourself, we were limited to the amount of books we could get and the amount of access we could have. Um, mm-hmm. So nowadays, I think there's a lot more available out there. Um, in regards to Islamic education, and again, the good thing is you can start from a very young age. 
or you can start from a later age. So you're, you're never too late. Sometimes parents think, oh, I'm, a, I'm too late. You know, my boy's too, too old or too big. He, can't, he won't learn. No, they will learn. I mean, I think, you know, you learn all your life, no doubt about it, but you're still at a developmental age, even at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 19, 20. I think you're still there developing yeah. in many ways. So I think there's, the, 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 there's, there's, it's never too late. That's the first thing as well. Um, and in terms of resources, as I said, there's lots of resources, and obviously yourselves are better. You've been involved in one of the, the one of the key sources that we kind of use as well is the iSyllabus for Schools program, um, which is a development. You know, a great, book, great um, series of books um, that will develop young people through those crucial years mm-hmm. of having an understanding of their dean, understanding of them being Muslim. That's really important as well because again. It goes down to your identity, you know, how do you identify yourself? And that's what challenges young people as well, because at a young age, that's a big issue as well. Who am I? Yeah. You know, yeah. am I British? Am I Muslim? Am I Pakistani? Am I Scottish? You know, there's so many things going on. Who am I? And that's yeah. where the thing I was saying earlier on, people sometimes don't want to face that question because it's overwhelming. So they'll just go with the status quo. That group there looks good. I'm just going to go with them. I'll just hide under that banner there that they stand under rather than actually standing out and saying, look, I'm who I am, mm-hmm. regardless, you know what I mean? And I think books like the iSyllabus for Schools helps people at least have the ability to kind of say or think, you know, I'm Muslim or I'm, 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 I'm a Scot- British Muslim or a yeah. Scottish Muslim because I can identify with this and I can identify with that. So that's my identity. Um, but whereas, as I said, we, we lack that sometimes, but certainly mm-hmm. through some of the resources like iSyllabus for Schools, and there's a few others out there as well that, you know, alhamdulillah, that nowadays there is resources there. And people, you know, always seek advice. Parents are looking for certain things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, and, and I, I'll say this, but iSyllabus Schools might not suit everybody. You know, it might be something else. Yeah, it might yeah. be, you know, suitable for them another program by all means you know what i mean look at something else but it's all all depends but there is available you know it's a lot more available than what and what uh, anyway. one of the things that uh, i've noticed as a, as a teacher in a secondary school is that over the years um there's a lot more pressure certainly on teenagers but in terms of their understanding of the dean and just trying to uh, balance their dean with what they see on TV and what they see on the internet mm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know the kind of ideas that are being promoted in schools at the moment. Now what I've noticed is that there's a huge disconnect between teenagers, Muslim teenagers and their dean because I mean regardless of the reasons whether it was appearance or whether it's bad company or whether it's a society in general but what I've noticed is that that disconnect has led to uh, a lot of things like for example uh, LGBT rights coming up Mm-hmm. in class as mm-hmm. questions what you know what's yeah. wrong what's wrong with uh, yeah. with people like there's nothing wrong sure. with them sure. and even atheism i've i've noticed there's a yeah. lot of uh, younger kids who are now toying with the idea of not really believing in something Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah and and so this so these kind of how do we how do we counteract those kind of danger dangers in society i mean again it's it's a case of whereby you know in society we might get one perspective or one angle on for example um, for example, the LGBTQI community issue. Mm. Um, we know within society there's people who, who are for it, you know, and, and, and being, in, being in, a, in, in the UK, that's fine, you know, that's, that's the law of the land, you can do that. 
But then at the same time, there's people who, who object, not objective, but do not favour it. Um, the opinion, for example, we've seen, for example, certain organisations, Christian and Jewish organisations, who say, no, we don't want this, for example, programme to be taught within schools. So, you, you know, we should, we should understand that there is, you know, because sometimes young people, what they think is like, you know, it's, it's, this problem is only happening to me. It's not happening to anybody else. So this whole issue about, you know, um, I don't know, um, like I said, the LBGTQ issue is just as Muslims, no, it's not affecting anyone else. No, it's affecting a lot of people. It's challenging a lot of people in society overall. As I said, Jews, Christians, Sikhs, Hindus, you know, they've been standing up against it as well and saying, we don't want this to be taught in our, uh, uh, to our, to our particularly at such a young age, what they've started nowadays, you yeah. know, in terms of schooling, primary school. Mm-hmm. Okay, later on, whatever, that's maybe different. But right now, at this age, when they're still learning ABC and one plus one is two, you know, you're throwing this stuff in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, 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 where the, that's where the issue can be. But again, if we want to challenge that, um, we need to support parents in that area. We need yep. to have something there that we can give to parents and say, look, this is what you can do, or this is your, these are your rights as a parent who has school has a child in a school that you can object to or you can you know withdraw your child from that class sometimes parents don't know that people don't mm-hmm. know that um and so it's a case again where again the onus is on us that we need to need to again, going back to supporting mm-hmm. parents and putting yep, finance yep, yep. in there so that they can understand that that is available for them. And when we see young people, when we, when I deal with young people and, and this, this issue comes up, mm-hmm. and I've got to say, the first of all, you, remember where you're living. Okay? You're living in society. You're not living in Pakistan or in Saudi or in another Islamic country. You're living mm-hmm. in the West. Mm-hmm. So this issue of LGBTQI is going to happen. It's happened. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's open. You know, it's legal. It's not, it's not against the law of the land that we live in all these things so how do we deal with that and that's where sometimes let them and i put that question to them i let them answer the question whatever way you know warped or crazy ideas they might come up with yeah. but at least then put them on this on on the place of as, as i said earlier on about giving them the responsibility to say okay you're the guys that are going to see more and more of this as you grow up we're just, mm-hmm. you know, we're in our 40s, 50s, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, 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 we might not see as much as it, but you're going to see more and more of this. So what are you going to do? What's, what's, yeah. what, what can you, how can you challenge it if you can? Or what mm-hmm. is the alternative to it? You know, so it's kind of giving them the onus, but at the same time as well, giving them solutions to a degree to say, look, know your rights, know mm-hmm. what your responsibility is, uh, what the, la- the law of the land says, all these kind of things to make them aware that, you know, I'm, in, I'm okay. Um, or I, I can understand how to deal with this issue the best I can. But again, it's time, effort and finance to be done for that, unfortunately. And, and, and as I said, it's a good thing because sometimes we need to challenge ourselves in these areas that we are very reluctant to talk about. We really need to talk more about this. And that's what I'm saying about making more awareness, to, you know, creating more awareness in these issues, um, you know, gender relation, um, mental health, um, addiction, mm-hmm. you know, issues of God forbid, but you know, pornographic stuff as well. You know, that's that's an issue, young people. We live in a very sexualized society, an mm-hmm. extremely sexualized society. Mm-hmm. You know, and that affects young people, but no one will talk about that. 
that that affects young people in so many different ways in terms of their relationship with opposite sex in terms of the relationship with their own you know in the future when they be when they're married you know when they have mm-hmm. a spouse when they have a partner that mm-hmm. affects them there as well so it's starting early to challenge some of those things that they see and they hear and they talk about as well okay brilliant that was a start shock at talking about problems and issues and solutions facing our youth today. Uh, you were on, you were listening to the Ask to Shake program, which goes out every Monday to Thursday at 6 to 7 p.m. And we will be taking any questions or any points or queries that you send in to us over Facebook or Twitter and posing it to our She Open Future programs. But for now, Jazakallah for listening and thank you again, Mustad Shaka, for taking part. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content.